Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Welcome to Badass Women's Hours, Badass Balls Ups. I'm Harriet Minter with Emma Sexton and Natalie Campbell. And this week we're joined by Athena Kubleno, comedian who will be talking about her Edinburgh show, as well as giving us her wisdom on what to do when men won't stop staring at you. Badass Women's Hour XL on Talk Radio. She'll get you talking. It is, of course, the Edinburgh Festival, and we are joined by Athena Kubleno. Hello, Athena. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. (laughs) So when we walked in, we were asking you all about Edinburgh, and you are... You're an Edinburgh pro. You're seasoned, right? You've well, done it. It's it's my second hour, and I've been up. I've dipped my toe in the water beforehand. <laughs> so yeah, I kind of know what it's about. I know where to. I know where to get good food. I know where to eat. <laughs> I know where to go where you're not going to see any comedians, <laughs> so you can be anonymous. I also know where to go when you want to see comedians because you're dying to sell tickets. So you want to be seen in the right places. So yeah, I know a little bit. Yeah. What's it like? It's a month of comedy. Everyone in comedy descends upon it. What's the atmosphere like? It's um, for com- for comedians. It can be. A bit like comedians love islands <laughs> not always a good thing uh, um, if you're going up you can, uh, if you go well, i was gonna say if you go up in a lovely relationship you might come out <laughs> but that's not what i'm gonna say um, it's, it's like a bit of um, a bubble for comedians um so it's a strange world but i think for sort of audience members and holiday makers and punters it's a massive sand pit that's what I describe it as. You can see anything. You can see really expensive stuff. You see stuff that's so cheap they don't charge you for it. Um, so it's 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 just the it's the most diverse and chaotic and manic month uh, for everybody. Uh, it can be, I won't lie, a little bit stressful as well. Uh, but what I always say is like this is the life we want when we're comedians. We want to get out of bed every day and perform and make people laugh with our material, yeah. and uh, that's what we get to do. So I'm kind of lucky to go up. Um, even though I'm not necessarily very rich for doing it. <laughs> it doesn't make me a huge amount of money. But yeah, I do enjoy it. Nah. And so for a comedy heathen uh, like me, so I really <laughs> see heathen. stuff on, on TV, what exactly happens at Edinburgh? I mean, do you do a stand-up? Is it a sketch that you do? I, yeah, I do stand up. So if you were, what happens is you go to Edinburgh and you come and see my show at five thirty <laughs> every day at Underbelly Bristow Square, and then you go home and you tell me how great the show is. That's what happens at every Edinburgh. You see a theatrical venue every Edinburgh. That's like, and that's a great Edinburgh. Um, no, that's basically it. So you kind of have your tastes, right? So I always say to people when you go to Edinburgh, plan around your tastes. There's no point going up and seeing things you don't like, but always have a day where you think I'll just be crazy and do random stuff so see what you like so if you like 
like stand up and you know what kind of stand up you like there's you know there's a big it's like an argos catalog of comedians <laughs> that they do a fringe guide so you can easily see what you like because they separate it in with genre or whatever uh and then uh when you're done seeing all the stuff you do like spend that one spare day walking around get flyed by somebody and see something impulsively because at the end of the day if you go to edinburgh and you don't see a show you don't like you haven't done edinburgh <laughs> you have to see yeah. a show where you think that was the strangest hour of my life i once saw a show where a woman got into a bag and stayed in it for like 40 minutes and yeah. that was the, a show that the show was called the woman gets into a bag <laughs> So I was like, that's probably my fault <laughs> for walking into that show. But you kind of have to go leave Edinburgh with, with a ridiculous experience like that. It's very important. But what are the what are the comedy options? So I can see stand up and and then stand up uh, sketch. There's loads of sketch. Uh, there's improv. Okay. Um, there's circus, which is kind of like comedy, but not really. Um, but they like to pretend they're comedy, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> that's fine. Um, what other what other genres of comedy? I'm not really queen of comedy. I just do my thing. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, stand up, improv, improv, sketch. Um, there'll be the street performers who everybody loves. Awesome. <laughs> if you like street performance, there's tons and tons of street. I mean, I shouldn't knock it because that's how it is. Art started famously mm. um, in Edinburgh. Um, so there are, you know, if you like watching people pretend to be statues. Um, <laughs> Have you have you created a show purposely for Edinburgh? So is the idea that you go to Edinburgh with complete new content mm. or is there a show that perhaps you've been touring and then you would t- show it at Edinburgh or are there no rules? Really? Um, there, there are no rules. The general pattern is you take a show to Edinburgh and you take it up and you perform it on the 1st of August and then by the 26th, 27th of August, it's amazing because you've been doing it every year mm. and it's so amazing you get to perform it at other places and take it on tour. Some people... Um, have a show they already have mm-hmm. and that they use Edinburgh as part of the tour so with me I wrote the show specifically to perform during Edinburgh mm-hmm. and my, my ambitions are that well I hope that it's amazing on day one but by <laughs> day 26 or 27 or whatever hopefully it's a show that um, I can perform um, after I've given birth <laughs> to pay for things that babies need um. and what's the theme of your show have you got a bit of a theme like what's your show called like where's the inspiration come from oh the show the show's called follow the leader and i'm basically inspired i'm inspired by the way i've changed how i feel about the world so i'll explain that i spent quite a long time generally and specifically with my last show just moaning about brexit and politics and um the rise of the right and i thought actually it's not it's not the kind of the the politicians and the leaders it's the people right mm-hmm. and that's why i follow the leader because it's like we're just following the leaders so if we're following them then we're the problem um so i kind of center myself my own mistakes during the show so i'm like actually i think politically i'm kind of on the right side of history however um i also do silly things like sleep with interesting men (laughs) 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 and flood my kitchen whilst i'm not paying attention to my washing machine and things like that and it's like i'm trying to think okay well maybe the things that make us do stupid things just on a day-to-day basis i'm sure every day we must do something we think i'm an idiot Mm -hmm. right and that's the same that's the same mental mental kind of process that makes us do crazy political things too and if we can all be a bit more humble and not think we're right all the time maybe we can choose the right leaders who do the right things and maybe leaders will be more inspired to tell us what 
we need to hear rather than what we want to hear, which is always the problem with like really destructive politics. It's just the politicians saying, well, the people don't like immigrants, so let's be anti-immigration. Yeah, but probably people would if you were <laughs> less anti-immigration, you know? So that's what the show is about. But it that doesn't sound very funny. The, I'm aware, of, I'm aware that of this. However, I'm saving the jokes for the show. Guys. Yeah, I did catch a, one of your YouTube clips and I love the joke that you were saying about how you actually like Trump because for the first time in like 400 years, or whatever he's made white people angry and i was just like That's quite it's, funny. It, well it's kind of true because trump isn't do, doing or saying anything that i think people who are not white haven't heard or seen or witnessed ever yeah <laughs> you true. know yeah. but i think he's just he's a package that most people don't even be associated with mm-hmm. whereas when it was coming out of um a, a, maybe a slightly younger man's mouth or you know kennedy wasn't always a supporter of civil rights but he was like a you know he was a young guy he had a flashy wife so we, we don't interrogate him but we're just forced to interrogate trump because he's a strange color right? <laughs> so you can't trust anything he says he's, he's everything about him is just fakery and weirdness so you interrogate we're in, we interrogate what he says more than maybe other people i mean i hate to say it but the man gets body shamed you know <laughs> like, i don't like to say it but he, he really does and so but so we don't like to be associated with him because he's the wrong he's the wrong kind of fascist but it, when they, oh he might not be a fascist i don't know can we say that on the radio he's the wrong kind of not very nice person okay um and but tony blair at the time was the right kind of not very nice yeah. person mm. and obviously now we've kind of understood that he wasn't so great but at the time we didn't have a problem with it because he didn't present as an awful man mm-hmm. um so we should just interrogate leaders more we should take more responsibility for who we support and who we don't support and we should opt out of the process guys if you don't like these guys you don't have to vote for them mm-hmm. Do you think comedians are now, um, I, I guess, you know, artists usually use the inspiration of the day. But one thing I have noticed about comedians is that they are really getting on top of politics mm. and they're really using political discourse and what's going on in their jokes. I went to um, a comedy night at Soho House and ev- all of the comedians were talking about politics mm. and because it's so close to home and so in your face in a way that I've never really noticed before. That's really interesting. I think and it's the race climate. Yeah. And, poli- and, and sort of... Uh, racial identity i think that's um the climate mm-hmm. i think social media has made us all much more articulate we understand the lexicon of race and culture and politics better now mm-hmm. so we can do all this stuff before going to comedy i was sort of into journalism and writing and things like that whereas i don't think 10 years ago mm-hmm. i could have made the kind of jokes i was making na- uh, that i make now so i was using that kind of um outlet to be to be creative but now i can make jokes about it because i think people are more receptive to those kind of conversations because you know you if you follow certain people on twitter you will hear words like intersectionality you know which is like most people haven't heard before you know before twitter this would not have been something that you could say where people would be like oh yeah i'm totally intersectional um so people might be saying it not knowing what it means as well so i think that uh, that has made made comedians able to be a bit more smart or intellectual, and people are demanding smart intellectual comedy now. I think because they're bored of you know we had about ten to fifteen years of jokes about mother-in-law. I was just yeah, about to yeah. say, so yeah. it's moved on yeah. from the mother-in-law I used to get joke and that so sort of stuff. So bored of going yeah. to the comedy store because you would see predominantly guys yeah. and we'll still see that at the comedy yeah. store. <laughs> predominantly <laughs> sex-based jokes, yeah. mother-in-law jokes, and I was really and I was just, wife, I was like, yeah, stuff, it's just yeah. not. Not clever comedy, yeah. not funny. I'm going to yeah. say something. I don't want to come across as snobbish. So I did a dissertation a couple of years ago and it was really interesting. And what I found out 
about is if you work in the arts and you want new audiences, you have to get new people. You're yeah. not going to get audiences from existing consumers. And that's kind of what happens with this, what's happened with stand-up. I think newer people who never used to like stand-up are finding something that is to their tastes mm-hmm. and about in talking about the kind of things they want to talk about. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, I wouldn't say I'm the vanguard of that movement. I think other people have started that. People like Bridget Christie, mm-hmm. even Stuart yeah. Lee. Um, and they... Uh, they have given us a platform to now talk about kind of quite important political subjects, but in a fun way, because if you don't, if you can't joke about this stuff, that means you're not comfortable talking about it in any mm-hmm. way, shape mm-hmm. or form. Uh, so but it's really exciting that we've got these kind of new audiences who were perhaps excluded from comedy because you'd have to like laugh at these awful jokes that made you feel very excluded. Yeah. Um, so that's that's probably what it is. And hopefully that audience gets bigger and bigger because my baby needs to eat. I've seen the price of nappies and I'm like, wow, you know, you know we throw these away, right? Like, we don't use them again. Yeah. Like, do they know that? Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But that's why when I was saying the comedy heathen thing, I was thinking about the PTKs and I, it, it was all sort of lost on, on me. So I mean, it's, it's that very old school white, nice bloke doing nice bloke jokes yeah. and it's it, it was oh, that's still around time. by the way if you like white yeah. guys doing white jokes don't worry there's plenty of that <laughs> yeah. like you can still if i'm honest like if you go to edinburgh for example it's still like very white very male but it is changing mm. which is which is awesome i mean like last year um a comedian called bisha k ali i don't know if you know her she did a list of women who weren't white going to the edinburgh festival doing an hour of comedy and there was like 20 of us on the list but bear in mind there's about 1500 edinburgh hours right so it's kind of crazy so i think that's the next thing we've got lots of women going out this year but not a huge amount of um uh, non-white women and it's just a case of the more diversity you have in comedy the more voices you get to hear and it's just interesting what made you get into it honestly yeah (laughs) <laughs> I, I thought it would make me rich. I saw all these white male comedians walking around, <laughs> running around in Lamborghinis. And I thought, hold on a minute, guy. And I come to the office and I literally sit, before I sat down, everyone's in tears. And I'm not, you know, and I'm still on my day rate. Um, so, no, that's genuine. I feel, I feel, I don't feel awful. It's true. I thought, I always knew I was a sort of a creative person. I always mm-hmm. knew I could, I could look at things in, and see things in different ways other people but I thought oh if I if I wonder if this works for comedy because if it does I could be rich um <laughs> and uh yeah I, I stuck at it though once I realized it was going to cost me money rather than earn money, <laughs> I stuck. I'm very fortunate to have to have had like quite a good day job so I was lucky that I could work and perform comedy and not have to suffer for my art. They say you should suffer for your art. This is a total lie. <laughs> absolute nonsense. You know, there was, I like things like gas and literacy. <laughs> and, you know, I like, I, you know, I'm not into like just turning the light on in one, in one room and all this stuff. Um, so I, yeah, you don't have to suffer for your art. You can, you can totally juggle both. And um, this is my, I'm a, I am pregnant. That's why I keep referring to giving birth. I'm not, uh, so uh, this is my first child. So I spent the first, I've been doing comedy for six years. So it was just me. I had no other responsibilities mm-hmm. um, other than to service whoever I was seeing at the time <laughs> <laughs> to keep them keep them on board. <laughs> um, um, and uh, it's, it's, it's actually amazing. This is my first child, actually. 
Um, <laughs> 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 you just had a flashback. You were like, yeah. oh, oh, that, yeah. that guy. Yeah, it, yeah. Oh. it's funny. So I, I, I talk about this in the show, but I say my, my this baby was uh, not unwanted, but unplanned. Mm-hmm. But I sort of talk about the fact that it's that it's a miracle that it took this long. Like, <laughs> if it was gonna happen, it was gonna happen this way for me. <laughs> Let's, it, it, there was no point waiting for marriage or anything like that. It was, <laughs> if it was gonna happen, so I do feel very lucky actually. Oh, Athena, yeah. it's been amazing. I. Fingers crossed this Edinburgh makes you rich. That's yeah. what we want. <laughs> yeah. uh, tell everyone again where what the name of the show is, where they can come and see it. Uh, the show is called Follow the Leader. Uh, you can see it on the belly at 530 every day in August except for the 13th and that's at the Bristow Square venues for Underbelly and if people want to find you on social media where should they look um, you can find me if you type in Athena Comedian you'll probably find me because you won't be able to spell my surname um, but I'm <laughs> sure works. I'm sure what I'll do is I'll tweet uh, the Badass Women's Hour as well so um, if you really put it out oh there. there you go there you go <laughs> that has been the amazing Athena Kublenu thank you so much for coming in thank you for having me oh, coming oh, up you guys. next <laughs> it is our Badass Bulls Ups here on Badass Women's Hour 
and mansplain to us. And mansplain. I do. I appreciate it. I, I appreciate all of you and Dan <laughs> and Steve and everyone else. Because Ben Elton invented wokeness. <laughs> no, we know this. Right? Ben, he invented the term wokeness. He invented he? Twitter as well. So he would spread wokeness. <laughs> He's a smart guy, Ben. Really smart. <laughs> oh, God. Joy, joy, joy. Love him. Men and comedy. What love. Uh, right. It's time for our badass balls ups. Our problems. Hopefully some solutions. We've got Athena, so we've got got some good yeah, some feeling good confident. Yeah. Feeling confident. <laughs> Emma, you are up first. What is on your mind this week? Yeah, I got a bit angry this week because I don't know if you've I've noticed it more in the hot weather, right? Mm. But so Friday morning, it was quite early in the morning, travelling on the tube. It was a really, really hot day on Friday. Um I was dressed, I don't think like, you know, like overly sexual I had like shorts like shorts on and a top men aggressively staring at me like men actually just staring like boring into my head almost to the point where you have to lock eyes with them because you just can't help it and then because you've caught their eye they think that that's permission to continue staring at you and it, I reckon I had 20 men from the time I left my house in East London to the time I got to central London on the tube on the platform platforms across the way from the tube and I found it really I don't know it made me feel like a really small person and it made me feel absolutely not badass and my first unconscious um reaction was oh my god am I dressed too am I not wearing enough clothes today like am I too am I dressed too sexy today and I really started questioning myself and I was a bit like really annoyed that I did that but also I was like how do I how do I deal with this in a better way and have any of you experienced this as well I mean Mm. so I have experienced this a lot because I have as I've mentioned on this show before rather outsized breasts and when you are the owner of rather large boobs people like to point that out to you the whole time as if you couldn't feel them causing your back to collapse when you say people do you mean men men yeah Mm. men and um the other day i was wearing a top that was it wasn't low cut but it was you know it was a v-neck and it had a bit of yeah you could see a bit of cleavage and walking from Waterloo to the talk radio studios, which is, I've timed it, a seven minute walk, <laughs> um, nine men commented on it. Nine. Nine, nine men. That's 1.3 a minute. Yeah. And I was just like, this is just, this is ridiculous. And I have, just, I've got to a place where I can literally just ignore it and I just walk straight past it. But it takes energy and I yeah. object to having to spend my energy on them. My problem is... When I would turn around and say, can you not say that? What are you doing? What are you looking at? Enough, please. I don't want to hear that. I get aggression back. And Have you tried? You've done that. Like that. You've done that. So definitely in my kind of, let's call it angrier youth, <laughs> I would go back at stuff like that. So I would go back at it. And you, you are, well, I would either be called a fat, mm, or um, I would get some kind of, what are you being, you silly feminist? What are you talking about? Back in my face. Yeah, because I really, I really wanted to do something to acknowledge these guys. Like, but at the same time, I had this fear because I was just a bit like, I don't know where this will go if I challenge them or make them look look stupid. But I'm like, maybe I should. I don't know. I don't know. But I just, I don't like the way it makes me feel. I don't feel very badass. It makes me feel like a small person, and I don't want to feel like a small person. So the only time that. I've experienced the uncomfortableness, not necessarily staring, but just intensity of of men where the sort of 
aggression sort of the you, you can feel it's like this toxic testosterone yeah. is the only way i can describe it is the the overground coming <laughs> the go the, the the eastbound overground from four till five forty-five. so much so it's my route home and i prefer to get on the bus and add an extra oh, 40 really? minutes to my journey to avoid it because there are so many men on the train um and the aggression is so heightened, it's not worth the That's journey. That's very specific. Which stations? Yeah. Is, so this, so I'm getting on at um, Kensington Olympia. And right. anyone who gets that line will know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. Because I've said it to the other women in the office. Some just get on with it and, you know, you muscle your bag behind you so a guy can't get too close. And you put, you, I just, don't, it's just an energetic feeling that I'm just not involved in. So I, I will get the bus and it's much longer. It's literally, it's a 13 minute journey or a 40 minute journey. That's yeah. my option. But also I find where I live, I'm coming from East London as well. If I'll get the tube at say 6.30 in the morning to go to a personal training session, right? And personal, if I'm going to personal training, I'm in like leggings and a top, but I will wear things to cover up my lower half, even in this heat mm. because I have men literally staring at my vagina on the tube do you know I have a theory about this okay and it's a very basic theory men are creepy right? <laughs> no, and I, you're not creepy if you're a guy you're, you're creepy you're gonna yeah, them but, <laughs> and I ask my male friends I'm like because men stare at me too and in my pregnant self as well I've had I've been followed up the street in my pregnant state wow, like really? you know by a man who wanted my phone number or something <gasps> or whether we wanted the phone number was the bare minimum i yeah, think for right. this guy and i asked my friends why do guys stare and they say we can't help it so you're <sighs> creepy guys because we are sat here going what should we do yeah. we should carry on about our business this is yeah. about what we yeah. should do this is about me there's nothing wrong with looking at someone and maybe thinking to yourself that person's attractive and once you've yeah. established they're attractive go back to your metro <laughs> like, you don't have to keep checking is she attractive let me stay for half an hour just to make sure and it's just it's a learnt behaviour yeah. it's ludicrous now I'm very lucky because I've got what they call a, a resting I'll say mean resting face yeah. Yeah. yeah so when a guy oh you it's, this is the radio but when a, somebody stares at me i'm not interested this is just me because <laughs> that and that's my actual face that's the face i was born with so i'm blessed with something that can just be like what are you staring at <laughs> what are you looking at it's the same face when you make when somebody else farts in your bed you know <laughs> when you do it it's like well that's, didn't, i didn't realize they were so tasty but when it's, when it's someone else it's like you couldn't leave the bed that's ridiculous <laughs> it's that face so imagine that's happened and you'll be like okay i'm gonna try so that then. i remember way 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 back i think almost at our first ever badass women's hour show we had a former dominatrix the fabulous nikki hodgson on the show many years ago and she told us that the thing you do is you stare them in the eye and you say I know what you're thinking. I'm on Stop to it. you. I'm, I'm on, on to you. you. That's it. Yeah. I'm on to you. And I have actually never tried that, but I'm going to have to now. I've remembered it because it's such a good line. Yeah. Matt, is. would you do it? Maybe. <laughs> if I noticed it, like if I if I noticed it. So the difference between what I was talking about is I haven't sat there and thought a man was aggressively staring at me it's more people being too close to me mm, and yeah. knowing that i don't feel their thoughts are pure yeah it's more yeah. that that, yeah. that feelings so there's no one person yeah. the guy was staring at me it's hard isn't it i think i I'd think probably stare him out 
Yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking I might stare him out. You know when you like look at someone, you know when you're a kid and someone's staring at you and you do that sort of, I was going to do that, but I was just yeah. a bit gutless. But I'm going to be more badass. Yeah. I'll try it. Stare I'll try it this out. week. But basically, man, as Dean says, please stop being so creepy. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> uh, now, what is your, what's your balls up this week? What are you thinking about? <laughs> about a man and ho- hopefully you're not a creepy one. So I went to um, the doctor this week for a checkup and I never really go to the doctor, but I thought I'd go to, go to the doctor for a checkup. And my checkup was in a nether region. And I have never been to the doctor before. It's a completely new doctor. And I saw a Jordan and I thought, oh, you know, a nice female doctor. I don't know why I assumed it was a woman. Walked in and it was a man. I was like, oh, okay, fine. And I was sort of talking through all my ailments and saying that I was new. And I was like, and I've got this thing, you know, could you just have a look at it? And basically it was something he'd basically need to look at my vagina and my bum. And me being me, I just sort of, he was like, oh, okay, do you, do you want to pop up on the bed? And I was like, yeah, and sort of just had a dress on, just sort of lifted my, popped my leg up, <laughs> just sort of showed him. And then I was like, there's something odd about this situation. Like, I didn't even give him time to get the gloves on. It's been a long time. Now. <laughs> Do you want to get off? And you're there already. <laughs> like, 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 and then I was like, I don't know how comfortable I feel with a man just sort of poking around down there. And I feel like I want a female doctor. Oh. Did you ask? As in, I, did, as in, I didn't feel uncomfortable. It was completely fine. Do you think but, the advice he gave you at the end was yeah, good advice? So this was my issue. And then he sort of just brushed it off like, oh, yeah, no, it's just like this thing. And I was like, mm, I feel like a woman would have taken more time, especially seeing as we talk a lot about gynecological can- uh, cancer. Mm, yeah. And that was one of the reasons that I went. I was like, you know, I need you to just check these out. And he was just really blasé. And it was a bit man blasé. Mm. I And I say, I never come to the doctor. So for me to be here, I think there I might be. be yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm. And so for him to be a bit like, mm, I was like, I want a woman. I feel like she'd take more time. She would have properly had a, had a look. I feel like he didn't really get in there because it was a man. And so I, I'm, mm. but then I felt bad because I was judging a male doctor and I shouldn't. I think that you're having a baby, which as far as I'm aware, means that you have to have, as Nat puts it, your nether regions examined um, semi-regularly. Bizarrely enough, no. no. You think, think so? There are literally no upsides to pregnancy. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. it's, uh, actually, no. That only literally happens at childbirth. Unless you have complications, they don't take a look. And I've been lucky enough to, you know, not have any. So they've just been get, do it. They've just been feeling the bump. Would you rather have a male doctor or a female doctor, or no preference? Well, I remember my first. Um, what do they call it when you get to see the baby? Ultrasound. My yeah. first one, it was the, the sonographer was a man, and I was, and I felt. Uh, embarrassed to be, to be surprised by that when I walked in and it was a man I was like well, of course why wouldn't it be a man And it, but it did feel a little bit rough and tumble it lacked it lacked the, it wasn't like in the movies where they go oh and there's and there's the leg he was like she's not in the right position go away and come back in two hours it was all it was all so mate you know I think that maybe um, I think you're right I think a woman looking at your vagina is a different thing to a man looking at it, especially. And then, but then you've got the gender norms and you've got sexuality. If it was a gay man, it'd be different. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I think that um, ultimately you can ask, I think, to see a female doctor or to even to have a chaperone. You can do things like that. And I think in future it is worthwhile. I, it's funny if, if I, I think it's different when you're pregnant because when you're giving birth, you're just, you just want, you're not going to be like, uh, excuse me, <laughs> can I have a female doctor? You probably just sort of get on with it. But I actually agree. If I was having an examination for something I knew nothing about, mm. I actually think 
there'd be a point I would like to have a female doctor. I'm just yeah. like, I would like you to have a vagina. So when I'm talking about what I think is wrong, you have one too. I know you studied it. But I just want you to have one. But then I'm just thinking, kind of thinking. I've got the same parts as you, but like I like I can't. I don't know. You don't want Emma examining your vagina. <laughs> no, I don't. No, because no, that's not that's gonna like help really my life style. At all. I can to give be a, fair. I can give a counter example for this though. So I know somebody um, who had uh, breast cancer in one breast, but her other breast was exhibiting symptoms as well. Uh, her nipple was leaking, and she had a female doctor who was saying your breasts are fine, your breasts are fine, your breasts are fine, and eventually oh. she was like this is not normal. Does this happen to you? And that's when the doctor was like, all right, we'll test you. You know, mm. and eventually they, they found cancer in the other breast. So the other way around, there was another woman saying, mm. no, you're fine. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It was only when she was challenged and she was like, is it normal for breast to just leak? Um, mm. So it can work both ways. I think it's difficult with GPs because they have such, you literally go in and they start stopwatch yeah. and you have to go, yeah. right, this is what I want to talk about. So. And I do feel like they're a little bit of a, almost like a decision tree, aren't they? I feel like you go in, they have a look. If they don't immediately see any alarm bells, they send you away and they see if you come back. Mm. And then if you come back, they go, okay, well, what's the next thing it could be? And they'll give you the drugs for that. And then does that work? If that doesn't work and then, oh, okay, now it's time to see a consultant. So maybe go back for a second opinion, but with a you know what? Doctor. Go for a wax because they've seen loads <laughs> oh, of vaginas. No, no, they've seen loads of vaginas, so they'll know if something's off. They'll be like, hold on a minute. Oh, I've not yeah. seen that before. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they probably have so more experience They're than the They're probably yeah, gynecologists yeah. than anyone, aren't they? Just a visual check. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. Just like, have you seen? Have you, have you seen this before? If they say no. That's without yeah. giving too much weight, it's you can't see it. It, it needed it required oh, okay. a feel. Oh, okay. I'm and just... I just don't think he gave it the right feeling attention. Oh, okay. It, so it, is your mind not at rest after leaving the doctors? I just, I just, I left and I was like, what? Well, I'm, I had a blood test before, so I know I'm fine. Yeah. But I just felt like a woman would have taken a bit more time and a bit more finesse. But did you but I need that though? Judging. If everything's fine and he's diagnosed you properly, did you need that extra time? I just feel like I don't go to the doctors often. So, so you should have taken the yeah. time. Yeah. I think there is a lot to be said for putting somebody's mind at rest. And I'm sure we could actually save a lot of GP hours if they were better at putting people's minds at rest. I remember years and years ago going to see this GP who... Um, I subsequently found out you can rate your GP. And when I looked at his rating, it was very, very bad. Um, and I went and I'd had all these things and I was telling him about him. I was so upset and so frustrated by it all that I started crying. And I saw him write on his notes, possible depression. And I was like, wow. no, I'm not depressed. I'm frustrated. <laughs> crying, I'm frustrated. You know? I'm just crying. And then, you know, he could have clearly was putting like an exclamation mark, exclamation mark, <laughs> because I was arguing oh. it. And... I, I was really, that put me off going to my GP for nearly a decade. Mm. And then I went back and I'd moved house and I went to a different GP. And I did have a woman, but I will actually say that I had a woman. I saw another man. And you know, over the years, I saw lots of different GPs, all at the same surgery. And they all had the same standard of care. Mm. So they all really listened. They all really took me seriously. They all really worked to try and make sure the problem got resolved. And so I do, I don't think it's a gender thing, but I do think if you don't feel like you're getting a good standard of care, ask to see a different GP or actually think about changing surgeries. I've just changed. That was my first time at this new oh, one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. See a different GP then. Yeah. yeah. Because okay. it's not, you should, you should leave feeling reassured. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I wasn't bounding out of there like, whoop. Just get my you should have been with that kind of action. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
And if you like, there is a place on the internet where you can leave a review. I'll get that for you. So final one from me, very quickly. I went to the cinema the other day to see Mamma Mia 2, got overexcited by the sunshine and people having like casual sex on islands and was like, I want to go on a little adventure. <laughs> so decided that I want to go backpacking over the Christmas New Year break. As you both know, it is my birthday on New Year's Eve. So I want to go somewhere where I know I'm going to meet some people and be able to go out for a little birthday drink. I'm a bit worried that at 36, I'm just too old for this now and I'm only going to meet 22-year-olds. Is that correct? No. Am I worrying about nothing? Yes, I'm 36. I'm offended you're even asking this question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm so... I would go with you if I wasn't in the family <laughs> way. That sounds amazing. Come with. Get, get on with daughter. it. Get, get on with it. Um, yeah, that sounds amazing. It sounds like just the thing you need to be doing as a 36-year-old. Yes, we all yeah. agree. Yeah, Fabulous. do it. Do it. I think just be conscious about where you're staying so that you meet some people because it sounds like you want to. It's not a solo trip, is it? And they're like, I'm just want to be by myself and explore. No. So I think you just got to be conscious about where you're staying. But like, youth hostels can be really cool places. This is, I just wonder about the whole word youth in yeah, the Yeah, so hostel. I did. Youth from the hostel. Yeah, just okay. hostel. I did. But a mate of mine, he's a single dad and he's away at the minute. He's taken his son away to Italy for mm. summer for a couple of months and because he's a single dad he's like I want to be around other you know adults because you know it's gonna be hard looking after a you know six-year-old and he's been staying at hostels and he's been posting on his Instagram and they're really lovely places and really like meeting interesting people so because you said you wanted to go to Costa Rica I've already looked some places up for you there's a place Hotel Buenos Aires and it's run by a really lovely couple (laughs) you can do surfing you can do yoga there are only eight rooms it's great for sunsets uh, and it's really low price rooms. So it's s- in. similar I to mean, to the hostel. sorted. But I did the same thing two Christmases ago and I was in Thailand for New Year's. And if you go on a sort of a yoga-y retreat-y thing, there are lots of people just milling about, doing their own thing. Especially in that time great. of year, I think. A yeah. lot of people go away. Some people haven't got family and yeah. that's a good... Yeah. I, I mean, the other thing that I do worry about is actually having to share a room with anyone again. Because don't do that. I do don't, snore particularly after... A long flight. I didn't share. I got no. a little hut on the beach. And okay. hostels, you can book share. your own room. Oh, that would be my condition too. I could stay yeah. in a hostel, but I couldn't share. No, no way am I doing bunk beds again like I used to when I was 18. <laughs> hey, ladies, Stop this that. is great advice. Thank Go. you very much. Can't wait. Looking forward to it. Uh, that has been our badass balls up. A big thank you to Athena Kublena for staying in and helping us with our balls up. Thank you. This has been Badass Women's Hours, Badass Balls Ups. If you enjoyed it, you know what you should do? Rate, review and subscribe. Five stars, please. And of course, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the socials at Badass Women's Hour. HR at Badass Women's Hour. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bolin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bolin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bolandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.